You're listening to a Midlife Less Ordinary, the weekly podcast giving you the lowdown on becoming a cool older dude. The good times are not a faded memory. It's time to start living them again. And here are your hosts, Wayne and Trev. Hello and welcome to a Midlife Less Ordinary. And this episode is entitled Antique Bottle Collecting. I'm digging your dump. My name's Wayne and Trev's here also. Ten green bottles hiding in your dump. No, 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 Trev. We've given up on the musical intro. We've gone back to our what? old intro. What? What? What do you mean? I don't get it. Well, what? we did do we did do that on one episode, and I know we but we're talking about. Yeah, I've rehearsed that all week. I oh. spent money on a vocal train uh, for that. Well, um, do you want to do like forty same guy minutes? George Michael went to. Same guy. Oh George my god, Michael's that's expensive. why. Yeah, I'm not even going to where this conversation's going at this early in the episode. <laughs> I met him in a toilet. Yeah, I knew it was going there. Yeah, next we're <laughs> going to hear about cottages and things. I just can't even go there. Thanks. Sorry, Trev, that you put in all that practice. But yeah, we'll, oh, okay. we'll, we'll give you an episode where you can sing a million I'll be green able to use bottles. It somewhere. I'll be able to use it somewhere. Exactly. Uh, this episode, as we say, is all about antique bottle collecting. We have an expert. Paul Cunningham, who's going to tell us all about the hobby, and you'll find out why we've referenced the subtitle "I'm digging your dump" um, in, during the during the interview. I'm sure. Trev, what do you know about bottle collecting? Nothing. Okay. Nada. Well, Not a thing. Thanks for that. Not a thing. Right, go back to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you never sort of when you was a kid used to go over the the fields and sort of no, accidentally come thing, across things? The closest I've ever got was collecting. Milk bottles with adverts on when I was a kid. Oh, okay. So, and I think my brother still got them. So I don't know if they're worth any. Mate. If anybody phones, you can get contact us on there and say like, yeah, they are worth something. I don't know, Whoa. but they used to have adverts on, oh, like cool. cornflakes and stuff. Oh, wicked. Um, yeah. Well, that is. Do you remember effect, that vintage? No, I don't actually. No. It's oh right, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. You look them up, you can look them up. They are, yeah. But well, this is obviously, these are a little bit more antique and a little bit more special than my milk bottles. Well, yeah. I can, <laughs> I say I've accidentally come across some of these bottles when I've been, like when I was a kid, I just used to go, you know, I mean, now these places have been built over and that, but when we used to go, yeah. there used to be lots of football grounds and things. I remember going over the back there, sort of like you, know, you did when you were a kid, just just climbing trees and things. You had no toys. I had no home. I had park. no toy. Yeah, I was like stick yeah. at the dump. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I, yeah, so I was finding glass <laughs> was my only Wayne, pastime. Wayne, go yeah. and play with the mud. <laughs> go and play with the mud because that's all you're going to get. Plenty of people would agree with me that that was better times <laughs> than the ones that are locked away now, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I remember finding some sort of antique Second World War bottles at the time. I remember referencing, but obviously we didn't have the internet in these days. Um, so hopefully. Paul can teach us a bit about what it's all about, what what's good about it, and, and frustrating, and if there's any sort of um, holy grail of the uh, bottle. I'm looking world. forward to finding something about this because I don't know anything about it at all. <laughs> well, you got a lot of bottle being on here, I tell you that. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> yes, without any sure. further ado, let's go over to Paul and welcome to the show. So, thank you for joining us today, Paul. It's really nice to have you on and. Uh, bottle collecting, I believe it's called. Uh, is, that, is there an actual other kind of scientific name for it, Paul, at all? Well, thanks for inviting me, first of all. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bottle collecting, really, um, which involves digging them up. So I suppose it gets called bottle digging, bottle collecting. Um, 
I mean, we, we, I do collect bottles that I don't dig up. You know, the, you can buy bottles on, on eBay on, and uh, on auction sites, and you swap with other collectors as well. But the real fun of it is digging them up. Did, did you? How did you? How did you start, basically, Paul? I mean, <laughs> where did, you, did somebody give you a bottle? Did you find one, or did you buy you, one? You just fell down a hole. F- fell down a hole. There's yeah. a bottle down there. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> that looks pretty. No, I like that. <laughs> Well, I, I think it goes back a long way. I mean, um, I'm in my fifties now, and uh, it, in the, in the sort of late seventies, early eighties, it was a bit of a craze. It was quite a big hobby, and uh, I, I can't remember how how I really got involved. I think I might have seen. I think I think I had a friend's brother who was a collector, and uh, I just got interested in them. So I did. I first started bottle digging when I was uh, probably fifteen, sixteen. Or perhaps younger, 14, 15, um, and didn't really carry on for that long and probably probably stopped in the early 80s. And it's um, because of the lockdown and having no work, um, it rekindled my interest in it. And uh, I started going out exploring again. So for the last year, I've been uh, actively digging again, which has been Thanks great so, fun. Uh, we've actually got um, a midlife less ordinary first here, Paul. Um, <laughs> I've actually done a bit of research. Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, I've actually done a little here bit of goes. research because um, I couldn't trust trust Wayne to do it. Ah, oh, here we go. Always having to go. At some me. of the stuff Wayne comes up with, I'm like, mm, that's not really relevant to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've read that they they term it as dump digging. Is that a term that's used? Well, it is, but um, it is really uh, a term that Americans use because um, bottle digging, bottle, bottle collecting. Is, is worldwide, um, mainly in the colonial countries, um, you know, Australia, uh, America, of course, and, mm. um, and South Africa. But, so it's a kind of an Americanism, whereas um, like like football okay. or soccer, you know. Right, cool. Um, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's more yeah. bottle it's collecting no... over here. Yeah, because really, if you're calling it dump digging, it's not got any reference to bottles, is it? No, you're just digging if in the dump. someone said, oh, I'm a dump doing. digger... <laughs> I'd say Wayne's a dump digger, to be honest. <laughs> I was going to be nice today. <laughs> well, I've done your job for a yeah. change, that's why. <laughs> but yeah, that, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. There's no, no reference to, to bottles at all, is there? So you wouldn't know what a, a bottle collector is from that term dump digging. You really wouldn't. Uh, no, not necessarily, no. I mean, uh, I mean, dumps are full of interesting things apart from bottles. It's a kind of study of social history, really, of this age that you're digging, you know, the bottles and well, the, you know, the dumps that you're digging. And you're yeah. discovering about people's lives and what they used. I mean, it's not uncommon. You dig up lots of things apart from bottles, uh, like old shoes and uh, children's toys, clay pipes, all, all sorts of stuff that the Victorians and their wardens would use in their daily lives. Just anything really like they would have thrown in their bin, just like we do today. You know, if you look in your bin in the kitchen, you chuck everything in there, don't you? Well, not so much mm, recycling yeah. as well, but um, yeah. So anything that went in the bin ended up in the dump. So the, there was obviously no recycling in Victorian times. I'm guessing they were they were all kind of handmade as well, Paul. And they so it's got a lot of work gone into these bottles, and then people were just frying them into the local tip kind of thing. Well, yeah. I mean, bottles were a very expensive thing for the um, the brewers and, and the manufacturers to purchase. Probably the more most expensive thing. So most of them were um, had returns on them, which is strange because they ended up in the dump. But uh, people obviously couldn't be bothered to go and get their 
you know, a quarter D return, which is, uh, I don't know if you remember, but years back we used to uh, go around to the park and collect uh, our white bottles because you used yeah. to get um, two and a half yeah. pence or something back yeah. and uh, go into the sweet shop. But uh, they still ended up in the dump. But, yeah, they were a very expensive part. So they were the idea from a, a brewer um, would be, you know, to have the bottles reused many times. Yeah, and they'd love them. Yeah, when I was looking at it, um, the pictures and that, all of them are really sort of colourful and like different shapes. Is that what a lot of collectors go for? Because there's blues, yeah. there's browns, and and why did did the colours really signify anything? Like was like a lemony drink blue and am I thinking a bit too advanced for then? I don't know. Um, no, no, you, you know, you're not. I mean, poison bottles were always either green or blue. Uh, oh, and, right, and, right, oh, right. And so that would be, a, you know, way of identifying them. And they also put ribs on them. So if anyone was uh, had poor eyesight or as, as in many Victorian homes or, you know, the, the lighting was poor, so no one got up in the middle of the night and uh, had a swig out of a rat poison bottle because it was it's not only would it, <laughs> <laughs> am I no, being no, stupid in saying did, have ribs on it. did they have am yeah. I being silly in saying that they might have had a skull and crossbones cut into them or something oh here we go what? basics what? basics <laughs> Jesus what? I've seen that in Paul's obviously a really intelligent man and you're <laughs> just saying like oh look don't touch that because it's got they're not pirates Wayne <laughs> they're not pirates are they let's okay. be honest well, they might. Well, Trevor, I'm, I'm afraid I'm afraid you're wrong. Uh, Wayne's obviously been doing his research. Um... <laughs> right. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I was just waiting for that. Yeah, you're, thanks, you're, Paul. Yeah. Point, you're not coming <laughs> on again, Paul. You're not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you if you're lucky enough to find one with um, the skull and crossbones on it, then it, it's uh, you know be what we call a minter. You know, really, that's a top bottle. It'd be worth a lot of money. Wow, it's quite rare. So that's what I was going to say, actually, Paul. I mean, out of all these bottles and the, the lovely colours they come, which obviously for decorative purposes, I, I, is there any that are like the Holy Grail as such? Like, um, not like Raiders of the Lost Ark before Trevor jumps in again. <laughs> but um, are there any that are sort of super collectible, maybe worth more than others, or some people are looking for and will dig up like 10 dumps to find? Choose oh, wisely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the bottles, their value will range from 50 pence up to staggering amounts of money. I mean, the, I was recently um, very privileged. This sounds rather sad, doesn't it? I was very privileged recently to <laughs> actually see uh, someone's bottle that was actually, was what we call a uh, blue, cobalt blue cod bottle, um, which is really is the holy grail uh, and was worth in excess of £10,000. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Is that because I mean, they're very rare, Paul? Uh, yeah, they're just extremely rare. Is that what they're valued? They, they didn't, yeah. Um, yes. I mean, they didn't They didn't make many because cobalt glass was expensive to manufacture. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're rare in essence. Yeah. And Trev um, decided to do action figures. Yeah. I've not got a blue cod bottle, but I've got really oh, I, that worth money, yeah. but I haven't got a yeah. blue one. If I did, I'd be a very, you know, very lucky man. You wouldn't be on this show, Paul, if you were <laughs> one of them. Yeah, you wouldn't be on this show. You'd be like highbrowing it on, what's that dude's name that's got the top podcast in? 
Why? What, oh, the Joe Rogans of the. Uh, no, Greg, you'd be on the yeah. you'd be seen on the Joe Rogan show, mate. If you had that kind <laughs> to, of money. To be honest, Paul, you've got a lot of bottle coming on this program. Oh, well, right, here we go. Right, on, hey, I've been tired yeah. that one all day. I've done that one this morning. Yeah, Phew, got so, it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's typical. <laughs> um, does any of this come from sort of metal detecting? Because is it is it worth using a metal detector? Because um, can you find? I know. I've read well. Sorry, sorry, Chuck. Oh, go on, Paul. No, you're the expert. I'm, I'm just a, uh, you know. I, no, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> who um, <laughs> collect bottles also do metal detecting because I suppose it's kind of treasure hunting in its essence. But um, you, you could use, I mean, I have heard of people using metal detectors just to, to find the metal uh, in the ground, which is normally associated with, with rubbish dumps. There's normally metal objects in there too because, of course, a metal detector wouldn't pick up any of the glass, glass no. it might it might give you an indication of where you might want to start looking you know oh right yes that does make a bit more sense yeah oh, okay yeah I, yeah because i thought it was i think, it's, like, I think it's a sorry yeah i thought it was like why would you use a metal detector to look for glass but if you're looking that obviously yeah it does make a lot more sense that paul it really does yeah i think it's an aid it's something that i've never done but i, I know a lot of people who do collect bottles also you know enjoy metal detecting <laughs> Mm. Is it mm. is is there um I've I on my it's like Trevor said we do a basic amount of research on this program only because uh, obviously we could do a lot more Paul but uh, to be honest Paul I didn't do a basic research I did quite a decent yeah one. that's Wayne why you knew Paul about skull and crossbones before you keep going on um so <laughs> well, that, that was good research from Wayne yeah thank you Paul yeah, yeah. um the, again you're not coming on again Paul. <laughs> <laughs> even when you get that blue cobalt one he's going to say exactly. but uh, the, the, I've heard that that well, on my small amount of research Paul that there's a pontil mark on the bottom of a bottle um that you can tell yeah. a lot from you can I mean not um a pontil mark is uh like you've probably seen the pictures of a uh, man blowing a bottle on a, on a stick as a pontil rod ah. um and when they finish blowing it they snap it off yes. so on the base of the bottle you'd see it's like a swirly whirly where it snapped the glass off when it was still molten so pontil bottles are very old. I mean, they probably uh, didn't really make many after the sort of 1850s or 60s, if I'm correct. So it's normally a sign of a much older bottle if it's got a pontil mark on, on the on the base. Oh, so you've you, you sort of hit a jackpot if you like if you find one with that on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, though, you do find them. Um, I found one recently, um, a wine bottle with a pontil mark on it, which makes them interesting because it's just uh, to think that it was stuck off the end of someone's rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trevor's. Well, to be honest, <laughs> wine's quite used to blowing a lot of rods. Oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Especially around docks he takes and it stuff. Such I've heard dark places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hangs about docks and stuff and blows a lot of rods. <laughs> I didn't think there was a lot of glass manufacturing near docks, to be honest, but. <laughs> You can only get the work where you can find it, I dare say, Paul. Um, what's your prized possession in your collection? How many bottles have you got, Paul, roughly? Uh, do you know, I couldn't really answer that question. Uh, oh, really? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I would. Uh, I, I mean, I'm standing looking at some of my collection now, and uh, I've got hundreds, probably thousands. Because uh, you sent some probably... pictures to us, which I've looked at, and you do have a lot of bottles. I have a lot of bottle, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a good joke. Paul said it again as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all going to do it. All three yeah. of us are going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't really answer that because there's so many, but I, you know, uh, I try, I, I try to sort of refrain from having them all on show because it'd be rather ridiculous. So you kind of pick your yeah. best ones. 
Yeah, which uh, is your best one, Paul, would you say? <laughs> um, well, that's a hard question. Um, probably one of my cod bottles, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, I'm quite was that more difficult to find than the rest of them or just stumbled across it? Well, they are difficult to find. They, they were one of the most mass-produced bottles because they normally had um, mineral water or soda pop in them and sometimes ginger beer. Um, but they're the ones that you might have seen around where they have a marble in the neck, um, which, you know, which is quite a novelty. Um, and the reason they had the marble in them is because they used that to um, to keep the gas inside um, the bottle because they didn't have the means of of keeping a uh, gaseous liquid in a bottle. And, oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So totally. that carbonation then, Paul, as well. Sorry, I know that's a slightly different. Carbonated, yeah. yeah. So, well, originally, they used to have them in corked bottles, but what would happen is, is that the, the cork would dry out and the cork would pop. So um, they had, the Victorians had to design a method of, of sealing carbonated water drinks without all these problems involved. Um, and, and a man called Herman Codd came up with the, uh, hence the name. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why we're laughing. Yeah. No, I, no, I was yeah. laughing because I had this image of like a guy with a fish head. Herman Codd. Yeah. I know, it's a strange name, isn't it? I remember growing up with that. Yeah. <laughs> Another high-value item, I, I believe, from what I read somewhere, Paul, was uh, – I know Trev's going to come out with something silly with this, but uh, – I promise you it, I won't. All right, okay, thanks for that. obvious. Well, what it was, Paul, is that I've read that Vaseline glass is um, quite well um, respected. Vaseline glass? Well, I think you got me there. I've got Vaseline glass bottles, but I – You've probably done more research than me, Wayne. Can you enlighten me? <laughs> Sorry, George. Uh, now, yeah, this is where Trev probably can't hold back and says Wayne's always it looking for to Vaseline. Be honest, after you've mentioned the word Vaseline, it's very hard to hold back. <laughs> I'm sitting here. And docks. My, my, and, my teeth yeah, in rods. the bottom of my lip, really biting hard. But... No, no, I'm not really with the term. I've got Vaseline jars. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Vaseline. Sorry, Vaseline. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I had to remember this because my research doesn't lend itself to pens. So I had to try and remember what I was reading. So I, I remember reading what I've already stated. And it was what I, the high value items of what you've already stated, to be honest. The fair, I remember the cobalt blue, uh, Vaseline jars or glass or something, uh, and yellow green bottles i believe or so it's the colors like you said i guess it's the the, how, the work that goes into them well i think so i think i mean the colors the reason the bottles are all different shapes and different colors was it was an early form of advertising so if you walked into a, ah, a corner shop branding. And, uh, branding yeah, yeah so you know you'd have a bottle with um you get cod bottles for example with uh, different colored lips so the top of it would be blue or red uh, so it would stand out on the shelf. Um, and the other reason they did do that was because bottles had such high value. Um, when the when the bottles had been reused, they used to go to what they call bottle banks, or bottle exchanges, um, because bottles used to get stolen and sold by hawkers onto other manufacturers. Wow. So by by uh, putting a <laughs> by putting a red lip on it, you could identify it as being your bottle immediately. <laughs> And it couldn't be used by someone else um, making inferior products and put, you know, and transfers flogging it. Wow. So, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's what makes them rare, I think, uh, because um, certain coloured um, uh, cod bottled lips, blues and browns, were were only supplied um, to one or two 
um, local manufacturers in one area. Otherwise, everyone wouldn't know whose was whose. So, if you had a, mm. if you had a red, red top in London, it would only be an R. White's bottle or a Beatty bottle. Um, so they could identify their bottles, and other people couldn't sell them because it was quite a big mm. market. So, buy if sort of people sell them on the black market, if you like, because they were yeah. Worth, so, if any of our listeners, <laughs> if any of our listeners, because would want to take this up as a hobby because that's what we're trying to kind of encourage. see people, you know, encourage. But do you have to get permission on, on, on say it's on someone's land or have you ever been caught on something somewhere you shouldn't be? <laughs> well, <laughs> all, all of them, all bottle diggers, bottle collectors will kind of uh, sort of look the other way when you say that because it, it, there isn't a bit of land <laughs> in, in this country that doesn't belong to someone. So no. I mean, the protocol really is to gain permission, but a lot of a lot of times that doesn't happen in case you get a refusal. So yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, because you won't think, oh, that must be really good there. But if I ask, they go, nah, sorry, fella, nah. And you know, do people pay to go on these sites? Well, can you bribe the, the farmer, kind of thing? <laughs> well, I think it goes on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> backhanders, <laughs> backhanders of farmers. Yeah, I mean, there's been thousands of pounds exchanged. I, I know that for a fact. Uh, with some landowners who have got a really good a Victorian Edwardian dump on their land, people have discovered it for one way or another, and offered the farmer good money or the landowner good money um, to dig it exclusively. And, and in fact, back in the 80s, when the hobby was quite quite big, um, people that landowners that discovered they had a Victorian dump on their land made good money out of it because it's a bit like um, going to a, a fishing lake for the day. You'd pay your £10 and go fishing. You got a kind of day ticket onto the land and you could dig a hole and then go away and take what you found with you. Um, so some people did make quite a lot of money out of it in, 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 the, in the old days, as they say. It doesn't Talk- really exist so much now. Talking of lots of money, Jake changing hands Paul I'm going to give you the chance to take part in something where money can't buy you in now and it's our weekly quiz which used to be called Test Trev as you might have heard uh, we now do a test a guest um, uh, well it's, it's don't worry it's not as say I mean trying to do research for this actual subject I found really difficult to be honest so I had to <laughs> literally just do a bit of reading as you know I haven't got a pen so I had to do a bit of reading and kind of make some questions up and we've covered some of it I think so it's just a bit of fun it's just mostly so I can somehow get some revenge Basically, on Trev Paul. Yeah, it basically is to make me look as stupid as he can. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's why he gets is. gets to me beforehand. So, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> see how good your research is. So, so we've got a bit yeah. of a bit of an uh, an intro into it, Paul. If you don't mind, and here we go. Test the guest. We're gonna test the guest. We're gonna test the guest. We're gonna test the guest. Test the guest. <laughs> Right. Um, wow, well, that's, uh, that's special. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, we have to apologise <laughs> after that. We've had people call it something different than special, but we'll take that. <laughs> that this cool. yeah. uh, I'm being polite. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll go to first question to you, Paul. It's only four questions in total, two each. Okay. Um, after which decade were bottles manufactured mostly by machine? Uh, and I'll give you the possi- four possible answers. Was it 1890s, 1910s, 1920s or 1950s? 1950s. 
I hate to do that. Oh, no, you got the first one wrong. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. These aren't it's not good, is it? No, it's it's <laughs> actually the 1920s. I haven't got any elaboration on that answer of why that was 1920s. I sometimes <laughs> do do that research, but um, Google it later, Paul. We might have got that wrong. Yeah, no, that, that is right. You can, you can, you can, how dare you question the, the integrity of test the guess? Um, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. As I say, these aren't hard, these aren't easy because the dates it's easy to get you're going to get things that cross over but that is that is in fact you know when most that manufacturing is the official answer, that is yeah. the official answer okay. you can you can come back to me later <laughs> if i'm wrong uh, and i'll and i'll edit it to suit i'll edit the podcast well it's um, kind of crossover period but uh yeah absolutely i'll take uh, that one on the chin so i'm gonna i'm gonna give trev the the, the one that would make him look the most silliest so um go on in which of the no no, I'm going to go this one. Stoneware bottles were used mainly for what beverage during late Victorian and Edwardian times? Was it mead? Was it wine? Was it ginger beer? Or was it Diet Coke? <laughs> well, I can't imagine that there was a great deal of guys walking around with their tops off drinking Diet Coke and women <laughs> running to office windows looking at them going, oh my God, look at him. <laughs> Um, so that one's out. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd say that. <laughs> Come on. Just... Ginger beer. Oh. <laughs> you. Damn you. Damn you, Mr. Trev. Sorry. Oh, dear. That's why it's called stone ginger beer, because it came in a stone bottle. Ah, there you go, an elaboration. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, Trev knew that, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, Paul, I didn't. (laughs) I was convinced he'd make himself look an arse in that one. Um, I won't do the other date one. I'll give Paul the other one that's that's, uh, actually a question. Which of these items still come under the general umbrella of bottle collecting? Is it one, China doll's heads? Is it two, silver goblets? Three antique lead lights, four Roman cups. It's China doll's heads. Well done, Paul. <laughs> Can you explain that, Paul? Is, uh, do you ever come across these things? I have. I have done a few up. Yeah, they're, they're the Victorian doll- dollies um, because um, the Victorians would have um, they would for children to play with. They'd have a China head and China hands and China legs. And a cotton body, um, and they got and they got thrown away. And you, you know, I, oh, I dug a few up. Yeah. It's a bit freaky if you dig one. of All them I up. can think of is the end of like, the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Goes, Mama, yeah. Mama, <laughs> Mama. <laughs> oh, Christ, that's creepy as hell. <laughs> it is quite creepy sometimes. When you yeah. Find them, yeah. Did you drop it when you picked it up, Paul? You go, oh, Christ, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't expect that on a dig do you? No, exactly no <laughs> uh, Trev a friend of mine actually dug one up with revolving eyes so that's very Whoa. oh no that wouldn't be good that goes straight back in the very hole very chucky Whoop. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh it's more like that ventriloquist thing with Anthony Hopkins as well it magic me, magic yeah sorry <laughs> sorry film. Was going, good yeah. film sorry we're going off again sorry yeah right back yeah. to the test guest uh, Trev last question to you um uh, in which decade did bottle collecting become popular in the UK? So is it the 19th? I think Paul actually said this. 
Yeah, this is yeah, Paul's helped you somewhere. Give us another one then. 19, I can't. I haven't done like loads. I've only got four. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> it's not like I haven't got some, some of us are on furlough, you know. Um, <laughs> so is it the uh, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? Well, as I've had help from Paul on this, because uh, he mentioned it earlier, I believe. So it's 1980s. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Only a little bit. Is that, I don't know if Paul... I thought Paul said the 70s, but uh, it is, in fact, oh, the right. 70s. But um, I think he did, actually. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I wish I'd given you that one first, Paul, now, and then, obviously, we could have totally <laughs> yeah. whitewashed Trev. But um, yeah. it is what it is. Thank you for that good elaborations of, of questions. I say yeah. they were really difficult to sort of find anything on bottle collecting. <laughs> I did that well, was I, don't, I hate to congratulate you, Wayne, but you but actually he did well. Something, yeah, that's not going to last very long. Let's just no. be sensible here. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Very good research, I think, Wayne. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, I quite like this man. He's, he's, he's doing me a right turn, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Paul... Um, but like, like Trev touched on, is is there like, um, I, I dare say you guys, I think you mentioned it just before the show, you don't, you guys don't like to give away like your, your secret digging places, obviously. But if if somebody want, is interested in starting this, and it's obviously if you look at these bowls, they're great, you know, they're really pretty. If you like nice things in your house even and just fancy having a go. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of people like the outdoor life and that's what it is. Um, where would you, they go? Where would you recommend to start? Well, that's a really difficult question to answer because um, dumps uh, are so hard to find um, nowadays because most of them have been built on as as uh, towns and cities have expanded. I mean, the Victorians used to dump their rubbish out of town and, of course, out of town is now the, in a, out, the, in a city. You know, the outskirts or yeah. the inner city in many cases. So most of it's been built on. Um, I mean, there's nowhere where you can actually go digging that I would know of now you would you have to do endless research to to find find your own dump really, um, which is part of the fun of it as well. It's very rewarding if you actually do your own research. Would you say join a club or something, Paul? And then obviously that they can help you out with all the resources, well, the, basically. I don't think there's so many clubs around now. There was back in the seventies and eighties. It used to be the British Bottle Diggers Club, I think it was called. Um, but I think they've long since sort of disappeared. So it's quite a hard it's quite a hard thing to get into, really, from scratch. It's wow. not like golf or or angling where you could uh, go and pay to have a go. Um, mm. So I, I suppose the first thing, I mean, you can buy a lot of bottles on eBay, which is quite quite good. But again, you need to know what you're looking for. But to actually start digging, um, unfortunately, I think it's quite a tricky one to answer. Yeah, there's not a, a, a kind of book yeah. like you can buy where it says, like, these are locations, or is it? So secret? No, <laughs> no. I mean, there's lots of books written on uh, bottle collecting, and they give you idea, give you an idea where to look and how to find dumps where they might yeah. be in towns and cities and in and in the countryside, of course. Um, so there's a lot of books available on the market that will help you, um, to, you know, to, to 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 start doing your research. One of the biggest assets um, which we never used to have in the old days is um, uh, a website called um, Side by Side Maps. And um, if you Google that, you'll find it easy enough. And basically, it's a split screen, and you'll have Google Earth on one one side, 
And then on the other side, you'll have a series of maps that you can load on, and they'll all be the Ordnance Survey maps from Victorian times. So that helps you find okay. locations. Yeah, I could see why that would help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, That's been that's a great. massive help to me. Yeah, yeah. really big help because you, you're so looking you... for obvious things like um, disused pits and uh, you know old sand pits, gravel pits, where Victorians would have just basically filled a hole in the ground up with their rubbish because there was no rubbish. There was no dustmen no collections of rubbish up until probably about the no. 1920s. So just in they the just gutter out of the bucket. Rubbish. Yeah. yeah, they would just literally, Paul... uh, you know, throw it wherever they could, off to the yeah. end of their garden. You know. Paul's been such a good guest. I'm determined <laughs> at some point to get Paul a sponsorship with a spade company like Draper. <laughs> or Spear and Jackson. That would a higher quality. Or, we, not that I'm is, well, I don't know yeah. what Unless you're going to give us some free are. spades and then they're great, all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 could, I, can, I can feel that <laughs> Paul is a draper man. Is there, yeah. is there a particular spade that you need that is a good digging apparatus That's a good for question. It? Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. <I> suppose, <laughs> there's lots of tools you need. Um, I mean, a good shovel is obviously... Uh, imperative and the and the spade type pointed rounded edge uh, shovels are the best a bit like you know on, on a on a playing card the spades on the playing card uh, one of those uh, you need a really good fork and the best type of fork is what's called a ballast fork or or a coking fork or a, or, a, or a potato fork it's the same sort of thing which has about 10 tings as opposed to four because that right. will help you uh, it was it acts as a shovel as much as a as a fork so you can loosen the earth and then shovel it out all in with one tool rather than swapping from one to the other. Um, but yeah, there's very, very <laughs> you do need very quickly, tools. Paul talking <laughs> of your apparatus and stuff. Have you ever dug into the ground and smashed a bottle where you found? Oh, oh no. Oh yeah. Oh no. It's a cobalt blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, that'd be a signal, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. No, it, happens, it happens regularly. You can't help it. Um, yeah, right. it is a sickener. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. In fact, talking about cobalt blue cod bottles, I noticed on eBay back in the, in the summer, someone had actually um, sold um, a small section of a broken cobalt blue cod bottle for about five hundred pounds. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> Just a small bit. Well, Jesus. a couple, a couple of inches of it. Yeah, two or three <laughs> inches of it. The broken Christ. one. Yeah. <laughs> if you dug that up in your garden, and you found it. Well, that's pretty. And you just like lob it back in, wouldn't you? Yeah. Chuck it over next door. Yeah, chuck it over next door. Well, that's the kind of neighbourhood you live in. Yeah, that's the kind of neighbourhood. That's the kind of neighbour you are. It really is. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> no, but that's, but that's, but that's great. Great information. Uh, Paul, uh, and we're, what we we'll do is we're, the links that you've given us, the side by side maps, and and any UK bottle collecting uh, links, we'll put on the show notes to these to this episode. Um, I think that's great. I think you, yeah, you've summed brilliant, up Paul. You've you've been. Uh, it's to be honest, I was a bit like really when we were talking <laughs> about having you on this, but I can I can see why people would want to do it. it. It's the history side of it. I yeah, like. it's what you're going to find. Admit. Treasure hunting, isn't it? It's yeah. like treasure it hunting. It's the fun. Basically, yeah. What are you going to get? Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's yeah. great. A different yeah. way of looking yeah. at hobbies. It's, I, I think yeah. It's, yeah. you spend your day on the outside. Obviously, weather probably has a lot to do with it, but, um, <laughs> you know, you a day on the outside. If you've got a mate that you go with, you know, and you've got the, got the reference, you know what you're looking for. I can't, actually, it seems like a good day out. I, I, you know, yeah. I'd give that a go myself. Uh, um, well, why did I think he's, 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 he's got no mates. 
<laughs> yeah, to, I was trying to end on a high note. Oh, look, he just puts it in again, doesn't he? But um, but no, that's great. We really appreciate your time today, Paul. And uh, thanks, Paul. And we'll put the links. Thank you very much. And we'll put some some of your, if you don't mind, we'll put some of your photos on our social media and everything. Show show people what you can find, basically. Absolutely. And in the meantime, I'll I'll, I'll um, dig out some info of some of the books that if anyone is interested. Perhaps you can. You'll be able to. That's put kind those of you, Paul. It's very good. And, That's and brilliant authors, of you. Uh, onto onto that page. Top man. Thanks Lovely. for joining us today, Paul. Thanks, Paul. It's been great. Cheers. Well, thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Wayne. It's been Cheers. a pleasure. Thanks very much. So, Trev, after that, are you going to get your hands down and dirty in the dump? I'm going to get my fingers right in it. Right <laughs> in it. Gonna thing- get them right. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to find. Um, you know what? The one I really like, I don't know why, because it conjured up kind of like the poison ones with the yes. skull and crossbow. Yeah, one. you didn't believe That's me, did you? Great, <laughs> no, no, I didn't believe you. It was right. that evil pirate laugh because you thought yeah, I was like, yeah. you were going, it's not pirates' yeah. way. You were really sincere with that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was sure I'd seen it. And Paul was like, yeah, Wayne's right. Yeah, that's cool. I'd never felt so elated in my life. Again, this no, is because I'm I so know. poor, yeah. never had anything. Never. No one's ever given me any credit, yeah. nothing. You know, it's poor me, poor me. played with mud from the age yeah, of five. Yeah, played with mud yeah. from the age of five. Yeah. Hadn't done anything. All of a sudden, I've been elevated to, you know, <laughs> this position in life. And, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad it makes you feel like that. Yeah, because yeah, cause you've got my making best interests at heart, Trev, haven't you? Yeah, yeah making, you look, making me let, look small elevates you to a higher ground. <laughs> I feel like I've got purpose. Anyway, going back to the poison bottles, yeah. what I really like about that is I love that kind of old Victorian sort of steampunk thing. Yes. And this sort of laboratory where there was like all these potions and concoctions and there's that one. Yeah. I think it probably reminds me of Young Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Where, Gene Wilder. Um, yeah. Marty, yeah, Marty Feldman's like yeah. got his head in there yeah. and it's like nearly dead, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it makes you think of that, like yeah. Frankenstein, poison on bottles. Yeah, I already, honestly, yeah. It, it's funny, it evokes memories. It's what I mean. That's when you're collecting things like antique things, it's all about mm. memories, isn't it? Or bringing back something exactly. from the past. I mean, all jo- it is... It's like when you go and visit a, a stately home. There's always something you can take. From it. I often think, well, oh, if I could go back 600 years, I wonder what it'd be like in here, you know, or, or something. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the best things about when very quick, very quick, very quick story. Um, while I went on holiday once, I went to this kind of uh, monastery place. Uh, I think it was like in Greece or somewhere. I don't know if there's a big Catholic thing, but we were walking around and we were in one really sacred bit and there was like a bus full of like kind of older women there who were obviously very religious because they were getting very emotional (laughs) and there was like an incense kind of holder you know the sort of pendulum things they you know waft about yeah waft about and uh it had like a sort of drape over it and it was hanging down and it was cooled and off but this woman got so emotional um and she had to touch it and i was standing there and she touched it and she pulled it down on herself. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I had to leave. Honestly, I was crying. This woman was so emotional. She, was, oh! she pulled this thing down and it landed across her. So she was laying on the floor with an incense burner just going so everywhere. So you found some kind of Monty Python sketch in Loved Greece it. in holiday. Yeah, and I great. was just standing there. I, could have, I should have helped her. 
but it was just oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah, I, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, it was, and that it, that epitomizes that that, that thing. thing. Yeah, it that, does. That fear, it does. Yeah. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I think what I take from it, you know, talking to people out there it, it, that might be thinking of taking up antique bottle collecting, is that you're out, gets you out and about in the fresh air. Yeah, you can get again a bit like I'm guessing fishing. You can go and scull yeah. your mates, go and dig your dump, as you as yep. they say. Yep. And, um, you know, spend a day in the sunshine, basically, and hoping you find treasure to to all intents and purposes. As we said to Paul earlier, the elation of finding one must be amazing. Yeah. It's like scoring a goal, isn't it? It's just like, look at that. Look what I've got. And yeah. you wipe it down. What the mud? You see, oh, then a, then a genie comes out. It says like, yeah, well, as long as he's not Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got to be uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, like the French Fresh French Prince of Bel Air appearing. Or like the Fresh Prince you of Bel End, isn't it? It's all like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh Mrs. Sorry, sorry if, yeah. if you're thinking of coming on here, Will Smith, we'll still entertain you. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll only call you a Bel End once. <laughs> yeah, just one, just for the laugh factor. But uh, exactly, no. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, you'd, you'd want Malk coming out your bottle, wouldn't you? <laughs> all day long. But, yeah. uh, so we, we'll put all the links up to all the associations for bottle collecting on on the website as always. AMLOpodcast.com. Give us some abuse on the blue button on there. Uh, as always, we sit there. No, all, we just all did Will. Yeah, like we did Will. So we expect Will Smith to be on there singing that rap to the Fresh Prince of yeah. Bel-Air. I haven't got a clue how it Rapping goes. about how me and you are kind of bell-ends. Yeah, ca- exactly. And I'm sure he'll get a bigger audience than us even. So, you know, he'll get it out to more people. You want to do that, Will? Bring it on. We're here for you. Yeah. Waiting for you. So, yeah, we'll put all the links up to all the bottle collecting um, associations in the, in the UK. Um, and enjoy. And hope you enjoyed the show yeah. and thanks Paul for dig coming you, on dig your dump <laughs> dig, dig your dump. dump we'll see you on the next one ta man thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please leave a rating and review and visit our website at www.amlopodcast.com to check out all the links and resources in the show notes start living them good times see you next time <laughs>